is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. But calm down, like you, I'm a fan. Mark Levin tonight is in Washington, D.C., accepting, I'm sure, a well-deserved award, getting ready for the Hall of Fame selection between Richard Cementa and Richie V. and many others. We're going to make sure that Mark Levin is where he belongs because if Mark Levin is not in the Hall of Fame, along with Rush Limbaugh, Sean Compton, and many others, there's no reason to have a radio Hall of Fame without Mark Levin. If there's not Mark Levin in the Hall of Fame, no reason to have the Hall of Fame. If my buddy Pete Rose is not in the Baseball Hall of Fame, there's no reason to have a Baseball Hall of Fame. The fact of the matter is I'm shocked, shocked, and I'm hard to shock the great American anymore, that Mark Levin is not in the Radio Hall of Fame. We're going to tell you later how to get involved. Now, I know when a substitute host sits in for a living legend, there are many who are concerned about the direction of the show, where it might go. There's one guy that Bill Cunningham guides my travel based upon who's on the air. And that one person is not my buddy Sean Hannity, who uh, is a great, in fact, according to Michael Harrison of Talkers Magazine, he now outranks the uh, Michael Jordan of talk radio, that being Sean, that being Rush Limbaugh. But uh, nonetheless, uh, with all due respect to the legends and to the, and to the stars of talk radio and to, the, and to those who are really at the top of the profession, to me, there's only one, that's Mark Levin. So when Richard Cementa got a hold of me and said, hey, can you do Mark's show on Tuesday night? He'll be in Washington. I said, absolutely, because the best audience, the best callers, the best radio stations at the best time driving home from work, whether it's New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Utah, Florida, Texas, Illinois, Cincinnati, where I broadcast from or California. It's this audience at this time. I'm humble and quietly proud. And let's you and I talk. Uh, unlike a few of us, I stayed up till 4 a.m. to watch the actual news conference of uh, POTUS. That is President uh, Trump, and I was amazed at how good it was. The Donald, I think, was in his element. And what had happened previously, like, like at 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 o'clock on the, on the left coast, I watched it. I said, this is amazing. It's never going to happen. I had the same feeling uh, when, Richard, when Richard Nixon met uh, Leonid Brezhnev. Or when Mikhail Gorbachev uh, met Ronald Reagan, first in Reykjavik and then elsewhere. Had the same feeling something momentous is about to happen. And as somebody that cares deeply about current events and news, I said, I want to be there and I want to watch what's going on. So I got like three hours sleep and I watched what's going on because this was historical. And I said at the time, as it was going, how will the hate Trump media, the HTM, the HTM deal with this great success? Now we know. They hate what's going on. They seethe with such anger toward Donald Trump personally and his family personally. They hate him so much that what he does doesn't matter. He could walk on water and MSNBC would complain about having wet shoes. It doesn't make any difference what he does. He could cure cancer. They would bring up AIDS. He then could cure AIDS. They talk about heart disease. They talk about heart disease. What about Lou Gehrig's? They will never, ever give this guy credit. That reminds me a little bit about Ronald Reagan. As Richard Cementa knows, going back some 30 years, Reagan was hated by the radical leftist as he won 49 states in 1984. There were marches all over European capitals about Ronald Reagan. 
about him having his finger on the nuclear trigger. He's a cowboy. Movies made fun of him. Fortunately, cable news did not have the capability of making fun of him. It didn't exist, or the Internet. But everybody, ABC, NBC, CBS, made fun of Ronald Reagan as some dolt didn't know what he was doing. A year or two after he left office, uh, 89 and 90, the Soviet Union, and the odds of East Germany being united with West Germany was about the same as North Korea being reunited with South Korea. It's like impossible. Won't happen. The Berlin Wall came tumbling down in 1989, 1990. Eastern Europe was largely free, and except for a few exceptions, uh, remained free uh, through today. Basically, Eastern Europe is free and wants to remain that way. And at the time, for those living in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and the 80s, it was an impossibility that East Germany would ever join West Germany in one Germany. It was impossible, but it happened because of one man, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Now, today, it is impossible for you and I to conjure up the idea that North Korea would give up its nukes the only country to do it has been the Republic of South Africa by this point, will give up their nukes and join the 19th century before they get to the 20th and the 21st. Most of the farming in North Korea is done by hand, much like in the 17th century. So it's possible, but still remains unlikely. But don't you give the Trumpster some credit? Don't you say, you know what? At least the guy tried something different. And all the left-wing, the hate Trump media, there's no planning. There weren't enough meetings at a time. The four-part communique didn't say enough. What's going to happen next? Well, we've had experts. Haven't you and I seen experts before handle American foreign relations, how these things turn out? Vietnam, John F. Kennedy, and Lyndon Baines Johnson. LBJ has been in the Senate and the House for like 25 years, knew where the bodies were buried, were on the Armed Services Committee for 18 years. After Kennedy's assassinated, LBJ becomes the president. Of course, the vice president is uh, Hubert H. Humphrey. And you got the experts involved in the Vietnam War. The whiz kids. Remember the whiz kids? Robert McNamara, the World War II generals who were colonels and majors in World War II, and then in uh, the Korean War, by the Vietnam War, these were the experts, the Curtis LeMays, et cetera, and they told, they told LBJ, 1965, we'll be out of there by the end of the year. And you had all the experts, the whiz kids, the Robert McNamara whiz kids. The Pentagon Papers demonstrated that the whiz kids knew as early as 1966 that we were about to waste 68,000 lives, but nonetheless, the experts were in charge of the Vietnam War. How'd that turn out? Let's jump ahead many years to the second Persian Gulf War, which after the fall of the towers in New York City, that awful September 11th, day 2001, didn't we have the A-team, the best foreign policy experts one could ever imagine? Of course, Bush ran, Bush 43 ran, not on foreign affairs, but on education, a bunch of other domestic issues. But he had access to his father, who the Persian Gulf War won, had won so famously. That was great. So you had the two Bushes, at least available, the first Bush. You had Dick Cheney, an expert, former uh, Secretary of Defense, had been in the White House under uh, Gerald Ford. You had Donald Rumsfeld, back again as Secretary of Defense. You had Colin Powell and layers upon layers of experts from Stanford, from USC, from Columbia, from Harvard, from Yale. You had the A-team in the Persian Gulf War II. You had the Bushes and Cheney and Rumsfeld and Powell. You had everybody. Uh, Norman Schwarzkopf was available to be consulted with in 2001, 2002, and they said by 2003, 2004, this will be over. 
Then, uh, of course, uh, we invaded Afghanistan like in October, November of 01. Then in March of 03, here comes the Iraqi war by the end of the year. And they had teams of individuals, Condoleezza Rice on down, working on the aftermath. They said it would take six weeks to six months. Then after that, that the middle-class Iraqis would arise and take over the country, and this would be a functional democracy. When I had Bush 43 on my radio show, he said loud, proud to me, to everyone who would listen, my presidency will be judged on the aftermath of the Iraqi war in about 10 years. If 10 years from now, it's a functioning democracy, have been planted a flag in the Middle East to demonstrate that uh, Jeffersonian democratic principles work in the Middle East, That'll be the success of my presidency. We'll jump ahead now 15 years. It is an abject failure. It might be because Obama pulled everybody out in 2011, but in reality, for the next several years, it consumed Bush 43's presidency and the experts, the absolute best military minds that could be conjured up in that generation, Cheney, Rumsfeld, Powell, Condoleezza Rice, thoroughly screwed up the Iraqi war from 03 until they left office in January of 09. Would you agree? Can anyone fairly say that the 4,500 American lives sacrificed in Iraq was worth it? Look how things turned out, an abject failure. Then the Iranian deal comes. How about the Iranian deal? We had the Democratic A-team of Barack Hussein Obama, Hillary Rodham Clinton. We had uh, Senator Kerry, then Secretary of State, and layer upon layer upon layer of the experts from Stanford and USC, from Utah, from New York City, from Boston, from Yale, from uh, Dartmouth, from Harvard. We had everybody. We had the A-team on the Iranian deal. That if we do the Iranian deal and we get the IAEA in there and we give them back billions of dollars on pallets of C-5 transports, they're going to change their behavior. And that will happen immediately over the next two years. What did we see? Iran took over parts of South Yemen and is sending rockets into Saudi Arabia. They take over parts of Syria. They've encircled Israel. All hell is about to break loose in the Middle East. And what do we have in the Iranian deal? We had Obama. We had Hillary. We had John Kerry. And we had all the other experts telling us the Iranian deal is a great deal, which is now completely collapsed. So when I look at what happened yesterday and this morning with Trump, Bolton, and Pompeo, how bad can it be? How bad? Assuming Trump is not a foreign policy expert, if I go over Vietnam, Persian Gulf War II, and the Iranian deal, all the experts have brought us to what? A disaster in the world. Obama left on the plate of Trump a year and a half ago a frigging disaster. Everywhere you looked, there was Venezuela, South America in collapse. The Persian Gulf, the Middle East in flames. China expanding their bases in the, in the, South, in the South China Sea. You have North Korea was launching missiles over the top of Japan, threatening to nuke and kill 50 million Americans. That was left on Trump's plate. Now, Trump's an amateur. He's not the expert that Lyndon Baines Johnson was, or Robert McNamara, or Donald Rumsfeld, or uh, Colin Powell, or Dick Cheney, or Barack Hussein Obama, or John Kerry, or Hillary. He wasn't an expert. He's a business person from New York City. How bad can it be? you got to give the guy credit for at least trying to change the arc of what was coming, which was a horrible war in which 20 to 30 million Koreans would be killed and nuclear winter may descend upon China and parts of western United States. That, that's where we were headed. This guy was sending missiles over Japan, for God's sakes. When's the last time that happened? 
It's unbelievable. So now the media, the hate Trump media, that's not enough. The four-part communique isn't specific. They've promised these things before. Absolutely correct. Compared to what? What do you want the Trumpster to do? Launch thermonuclear war against Pyongyang? Is that what you want? You want them to tell the South Koreans to attack? What's the solution? North Korea is an irrelevant country with no natural resources going nowhere. They have nothing to trade for other than 20 million Koreans who live in Seoul and 32,000 American soldiers, airmen, Marines in South Korea. You know, I do a talk show every day on 700 WLW because of Sean Compton and some others. And, and I had a call this, this afternoon from a father who has a son serving in South Korea. And he says, I was in tears this morning watching that news conference with my president saying that my son is not going to be killed. Can you as an American look in the eyes of the moms and dads, the spouses, the brothers, the sisters, the friends of 32,000 tripwire Americans who would be killed and murdered in the first week of a conflict with North Korea and say what happened last night and today really doesn't matter. Those 32,000, it's only a number. Of course it's important. Of course it's vital. Of course it defends American national security. And if down the road Kim does what we think is impossible, if Kim Jong-un actually does what he says he's going to do, denuclearize the Korean Peninsula, I'd be in a state of shock. But at a minimum, at a minimum, Trump has done something, LBJ, McNamara, Curtis LeMay, Bush and Cheney and Rumsfeld and Powell and Obama and Kerry and Hillary did not do, which is the opportunity in the Korean Peninsula to have peace. All I'm saying is give peace a chance. That's all I'm saying. And if you're the spouse, if you're the husband, the wife, the mom, the dad, the brother, the sister of one of those 32,000 service personnel serving now for America in South Korea, are you safer today than you were 18 months ago? Is the West Coast of our country safer today than it was 18 months ago? Absolutely. And who do you give credit to? Donald John Trump. That's the guy that got it done. Let's get your reaction. We have uh, four lines open. Please uh, give me your thoughts on the great American sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Our phone number, as you know, is 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Fame. There can't be a Hall of Fame without Mark Levin, but you can help. Text the number 500, the number 502-96000, which is 96,000. And you can vote for you can vote for Mark Levin, radiovote.com. One vote permitted per cell phone, one per email address. So if you voted already, don't bother to do it. And the voting is open until uh, June 18th, which is what, uh, Monday? Yeah. Yeah, Monday. And then the winner is going to be announced on Monday, June 25th, which is a week from Monday. But text the number 500 to to vote for Mark, who deserves to be there. One last thought. I'm going to turn the show over to you. 
we got uh, Clyde, Jimmy, Bill, Scott, Leo, thousands of others. Millions are listening, and I'm very thankful for that opportunity. It was certainly conceivable, in fact, probable. If Barack Hussein Obama, in 2011, did not declare victory and pull all the American soldiers out of Iraq against the advice of his military, which the media loved, by the way, because Obama did it. Obama is the chosen one. That uh, the Iraqi war may not have gone the way it went. But if you give America eight years in a country and you can't win a war in eight years, an active war in which fighting's going on, I'd say it's time to get out and let the Iraqis handle their own difficulties. And when your friend and mine, Senator Lindsey Graham, who have I had a contentious relationship with, says, well, we'll go to war with North Korea. That's great. Who's we? You? You? 100,000 artillery tubes and pieces of artillery are directed toward South Korea. In the first two hours, there may be as many as 500,000 shells falling upon South Korea that nobody can stop. That doesn't count the nukes, doesn't count their air force, doesn't count their tanks. I mean, just artillery shells nobody can stop. That means 32,000 Americans will likely be killed or mortally wounded in the first week or two. Lindsey Graham, that sounds great, right? You want to sacrifice your life or your son's life on the battlefields of South Korea? I say, hell no. Hell no. I'll, I'll defend New York City. I'll defend Sacramento. I'll defend Cincinnati. But I'll be sure as hell not going to send my son to fight and die on the battlefields of Seoul, South Korea. What Trump is doing is brilliant. I stand with the president. Where do you stand? Once again, 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. of freedom is high but this phone call is not call mark levin toll free at 877-381-3811 i'm billy cunningham the great american and for the great one mark levin we line them up ready to go cocked locked and ready to rock but one last thought i want to impart to you the american people that i've loved so well and served so long uh i broadcast you tonight live from cincinnati ohio which is, what, 500 miles uh, west of New York City, 2,000 miles east of Los Angeles. I'm out here in the heartland where real people live. It's also the hometown of Otto Warmbier. The president referenced Otto uh, this morning about 4 a.m. Now, indirectly, I know the family, Fred Warmbier, from a little part of Cincinnati called Wyoming, which is a great little community. And uh, the Warmbier family was repeatedly told by Barack Hussein Obama and his alkalites, do not talk about your son's captivity in North Korea. Do not do radio interviews. Do not talk about it much at all. We got this. We got this. Don't worry about it. Valerie Jarrett, others said, you know what, Susan Rice, don't talk about it. So the Warm Beer family listened to the advice of Barack Hussein Obama and his alkalites for the, uh, from January of, uh, of 2016 until Obama left office in 2017, a year. For one year, they simply waited and waited and waited with no information. They were following the advice and counsel of Barack Hussein Obama, Valerie Jarrett, Susan Rice, et al., and not talking about their son. I ask you this question. If tonight in Pyongyang, somewhere in North Korea, some local military or police officials in North Korea would arrest another Otto Warmbier tonight, how long would it take for uh, North Korea to release that young student. 
I would say 24 hours, Otto Warmbier would be back in America or in, a, in American custody. What he did was allegedly, it was on video, steal a banner from a hallway in a hotel that said something like, long live the chairman, uh, long live Kim or whatever it was, which was like a minor misdemeanor. They gave him 15 years of hard labor, tortured Otto Warmbier under Barack Hussein Obama, and basically killed him and sent him back home because Trump tried to get him out repeatedly and got him out. What did Obama do to get back the hostages that were being held in North Korea or Venezuela or Iran or elsewhere? The answer is they might have tried, but they got nothing. Who feared Jimmy Carter in the White House compared to Ronald Reagan? Who feared Barack Hussein Obama compared to Donald J. Trump? Basically, everyone feared Reagan and Trump, and nobody gave a twit about Carter or Obama. So, tonight, somewhere in the world, if an American is apprehended, are you happier with Trump in the White House or you look for the good old days of Jimmy Carter slash Barack Hussein Obama? The answer is obvious. And if you're the mom, the dad, the spouse of American soldiers serving tonight in South Korea, are you happy with this deal or are you dissatisfied with it? The answers are self-explanatory. Enough talking. Let's start walking. Let's begin with Clyde in Brooksville, Florida, then Jimmy in Brooklyn. Clyde in Florida, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Clyde, please go ahead. How are you doing today? Great night to be an American. Yeah, there you go. Um, I just wanted to mention that I've been politically active for over 40 years, and I believe that my greatest political faux pas to date is the fact that I did not vote for Mr. Trump. Do you want absolution for your sins? Oh, I'm, I'm going to get it. <laughs> okay. And then your absolution will be this. I want you to read Charles Krauthammer's book, All uh, Things That Matter. Charles Krauthammer is going to die in the next few weeks. One of the great yeah, conservative I, thinkers, along with Mark Levin, Tyranny, Liberty. But your your penance will be to read a Mark Levin book or uh, Things That Matter by Charles Krauthammer. And if you read that, I will absolve you of your sin. And, and my prayers go out for Mr. Krauthammer and his family. So sad. Think of what he accomplished. You know, every now and then I think I get cluster migraine headaches at times. My left ankle hurts at times. My back hurts. My handicap's up to a, a 3.5. I got golf problems. But I tell you what, I look at someone like Charles Krauthammer and what that guy did in his life at Harvard Medical School, having snapped his neck in a diving accident, then lived so well the next uh, 45 years, the way he influenced people. That guy's an inspiration. And I love the letter that he sent a few days ago saying he lived, lived his intended life. I mean, that, that guy's wonderful. And so I will accept your sin, Clyde, but don't make the same mistake in 2018 nor 2020. Won't happen then. <laughs> you are absolved of your sins. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Let's go to Jimmy in Brooklyn, New York. Jimmy, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Jimmy, go ahead. Bill Cunningham, you're so right about Trump versus Obama and Clinton. Trump can't do any worse than Clinton and Obama, and Trump is a lot smarter and more honest than them, and he has better people around them. But we have to remember, North Korea is communist. Sure. All, all communists lie, cheat, and steal, and conspired. Sure. Yeah. Just as Clinton and Obama and the American media do now, as we all see. You know, I miss your Sunday night show. I used to call pretty regularly. I wish you could come back on Radio New York Sunday nights. I'll talk to Mark Levin and Richard Cement and see what we can do. But uh, oh, it's all over the Internet. Just get it. But, Jimmy, Jimmy, let me say this, that, that the hate Trump media, the HTM, the hate Trump media, there is no way 
they will acknowledge, Zika Brzezinski especially, ever acknowledge they're wrong. And they seethe with such sewer and hatred for Trump. His activities, his behavior means nothing. What matters is the diatribe. What matters is his uh, decertification from the presidency. What matters is to make sure that the 63 million of us who voted for him shown to be wrong. They don't care. They don't report objectively the facts. They know they don't care what the facts are. They just hate the guy, much like they hated Ronald Reagan. You know, Jimmy, Ronald Reagan was hated in the 1980s. This guy was this. You maybe you're too young to remember. But 35 years ago, this guy was hated by the mainstream media. And he got he got 49 states in 1984. And I think Trump is going to get north of 40 states in 2020, north of 40 states. You remember the media back then supported the Sandinistas. They tried to sure. lock up Oliver North that was sure. working against the communists. So it's the same media now with the fake news. They were fake back then. It's worse. You know, you know, Jimmy, don't you think it's worse today than it was, though? Isn't it, isn't it more acidic, more vitriolic now with Zika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough and Lester Holt and all the rest? Of the, they don't objectively report anything. They're left-wing ideologues. They have a viewpoint. And damn, damn be the facts. Isn't it worse today than it was in the 80s? It's a lot worse. You know, to communists and to leftists, when they're lying, it's not a lie. It's revolutionary truth. Anything they do or say that helps the revolution is truthful. That, that's their ideology. When they, say, when they talk about and show how they hate Trump, they hate Trump. They hate us. They hate America. You know, a couple of years ago, some of the people that worked in U.S. intelligence undercover, they put out an excellent documentary, The Enemies Within. These are whistleblowers who worked in national security, some of them during Reagan's era. So it's a heck of a documentary. I hope you could see it. And if I had a way to send it to you, I would get you a copy. Man, you do a great work. I miss you so much Sunday nights. Well, that's fine. Jimmy, thanks for your call. Let, let, me, let me say this. It is that uh, Ronald Reagan was called everything but a white man for the eight years he was in office. And for those who are... You're old enough to recall. In the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and the 80s, the odds of the Soviet Union collapsing, the odds of the Berlin Wall come tumbling down without one shot being fired was like impossible. Couldn't happen. Won't happen. The odds of Poland being in NATO, along with the three Lithuanian countries, the odds were impossible. Romania, Hungary, it wasn't going to happen. The same crowd who said at the point, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall, which Reagan said in 1987. Within two years, it happened. That crowd who said he's going to get us into a thermonuclear war is the same ideology today that says North Korea are godless heathens. They're communists, for God's sakes, that are never going to give up their nukes. It won't happen. I I don't know, but I, I would equally bet unlikely in the 1970s and 80s, that East and West Germany would unite as North and South Korea uniting. I think the odds, and I think China is on our side with this regard. They do not want the North Koreans to be on the arc that they're on because it's bad for business. And we owe the uh, Chinese, the communist heathens in in Beijing, about $1.2 trillion that we owe. And they don't want to lose that money. And they run about a $400 billion annual trade deficit with us. And they got a large middle class making lots of products that are selling inside of America. And so they have an interest in seeing to it that business is good. And when Trump said to the godless heathens in Beijing, I'll be darned if I'm going to let you put a 50% tariff on GM Chevrolets when we let Chinese cars into this country free, I'll be damned if I'm going to let it go. He is exactly correct. 
And uh, when Trudeau, with the bad eyebrows, said to Trump, we're going to put a 275% tariff tax on milk. I had a call the other night from someone who said in uh, Quebec City, it's like $7 for a gallon of milk. It's hurting the Canadian people. Trump is right about trade, and Trump is right about what's going on in North Korea, and Trump is right with the Chinese. There's nothing wrong. It's all good. And I ask you this question as a great Mark Levin listener. If Hillary Rodham Clinton was in the White House right now, would what happened yesterday and this morning have occurred? Hell no. Would the stock market be at like 26,500? Hell no. Would there be full employment? Hell no. Would there be tax cuts? Hell no. Would there be conservative judges? Hell no. Are you kidding me? Look what's going on, man. Open your eyes. Don't pay attention to the HTM. They hate Trump media. They're leftist ideologues who don't care about facts. They don't care about reason. They don't care about objectivity. It doesn't matter to them. What matters to them is attacking successful presidents who have a conservative philosophy. That's what matters. And to make delegitimate the fact that 63 million of us voted for the Trumpster. Let's continue with your calls. Thousands on hold. Millions are listening. By the way, Mark Levin tonight is in Washington, D.C., getting a well-deserved award. So he'll be back with you tomorrow night. Let's continue as we do. We have calls from South Dakota, New Jersey, Leesburg, Virginia, Las Vegas, Nevada. I love the good folks in Las Vegas. And also Boise, Idaho, where all the potatoes are made. If a line becomes available... 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. You need to see that uh, Ivanka Trump's coming under fire today because her and Kushner made like 82 or 62 million dollars. As if that's a problem. CNN went wall to wall with them making 60 or 70 million dollars this year. You know what I say? Go make 600 million dollars. You pay about 40 percent of them taxes, puts to work thousands of people and spreads that economic benefit seven to ten times before the dollar quits reverberating around the economy. Would you like better a community organizer from the south side of Chicago becoming president? Absolutely. Look what he did. My God, he did such a great job in the south side of Chicago with peace and education and job creation on the south side of Chicago. Let's make that guy the president. Did a great job. I hope the Kushners make $100 million. Hope them make $200 million. Let's continue with your calls. We have Bill in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and then uh, Chelsea and Hoboken. And uh, Bill, welcome to the uh, Mark Levin Show. Bill, please go ahead. Bill, how are you? Oh, just great. Just so proud to be an American today. I feel so good. Yep. Especially if you have a relative in South Korea serving the military, how do you feel tonight? A whole Uh, lot better. (laughs) A whole lot lot better. better. Yeah. uh, I'm just so proud of Donald Trump and my president. These are epic times we live in, uh, and he's doing such a great job. Uh, He's bringing reality back to politics, which is truly amazing. And he's doing things that are just historic right before our very eyes. It's just it's just incredible to watch him work and watch him watch him correct all these problems we have. Well, Bill, what about what about the disparity between reality on one hand and the media coverage on the other? Because I'm reading Kristan Amanpour on CNN, and you would have thought this thing, this summit last night and this morning, was a dismal failure. 
what did we get? We gave away. So what did America give away? What did we give away? An irrelevant military exercise? What did we give away? A photo? A pic of the president with Kim Jong-un? What did we, what actually did we get? We gave away nothing. The, the sanctions are still in the force. The soldiers are still there. It's up to Kim Jong-un to do something next. It's up to Bolton. It's up to Pompeo. What did we give away? Christian Amanpour said we gave away everything. They're making yeah. it up as they go along. It's just all a huge narrative they're trying to push. And what about the power the power shift that's taking place in the South China Sea? All of a sudden, we have a potential new partner uh, right on the doorstep of China who's trying to dominate the South China Sea. And now we're talking with North Korea. We're talking about uh, improving relations with North Korea and other partners in the South China Sea. I mean, how big is that? I mean, that's just a stroke of genius in my mind. What happens if South Korea kind of joins with North Korea the way East Germany joined with West Germany? It took West Germany, now Germany, about 10 to 15 years to incorporate East Germany and their disaster into West Germany. It may take Korea 20 years. And I would say not the American taxpayer, South Korea, those are your brothers and sisters, Get rid of the DMZ. You spend the money necessary in order to make North Korea over 20 to 30 years look like South Korea, a, a participatory democracy. It wouldn't, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable, as unbelievable as the Berlin Wall falling down, which was impossible. It couldn't happen. Reagan's going to get us in a nuclear war. The idea of Mr. Gorbachev tear down this wall was a mistake. The media criticized him. Why say that? Why be provocateur? That's all I heard about in 1987. Here we are 31 years later, hearing the same crap from the same part participants and the partisans in the media. They don't tell us what's going on. They're not objective. What they are are left-wing hate merchants like Zika Brzezinski, or they're left-wing hate merchants like Lester Holt that refuse to recognize reality instead of reporting objectively the facts, then letting us find the way they tell us what the facts are and they're lying to us. Who, what, where, when, and why. Doesn't happen. Reporting is gone. Doesn't happen. I mean, I, just look at the websites, how they report what happened this morning. What happened this morning was nothing short of startling. It was unbelievable. And the 32,000 American soldiers in South Korea tonight are toasting, having a big turkey dinner. They're so happy they're not going to be killed because of Donald J. Trump. And the missiles flying over Japan. I'll tell you one thing I read a couple of, uh, read this morning. Uh, Trump's approval rating in South Korea about six months ago was 8%. They thought Trump's going to get us killed. Now his approval rating is in the 90 percentile. Trump's approval ratings in South Korea are, are north of 90 percent because those 25 million South Koreans think, hell, this American president just saved our life. We're going to live. And the stock market is going to go crazy in the next few days. I don't believe what's happening in the stock market because also the federal judge ruled tonight about the merger. But nonetheless... I mean, these are great times to be an American when we got somebody in charge who can talk to China. I want him to meet with Vladimir Putin, ignore the hate Trump media, what they're going to say, work out deals, do what you're going to do, make North Korea part of South Korea, let the South Koreans pay for it. You, you know, Bill, what's what's wrong with that? It's, it's uh, Bill, you got to go. Thanks for your call. It's unbelievable. I'm thinking, what in the hell is going on around this place? If a line becomes available, 877-381-3811. And if you can, text 500 to 96,000. 
to get Mark Levin in the Radio Hall of Fame where he deserves to be so well. So let's continue with more. Once again, if a line becomes available, 877-381-381. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark. Levin. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark is in Washington, D.C. tonight, accepting a great award. But after 9 o'clock tonight, he will be on Levin TV about the uh, North Korean situation. So that's a positive. Levin TV tonight after 9. Mark uh, will be back with you tomorrow night. Just tonight, he's asked me to step in through uh, his executive producer, your good friend and mine, Richard Cementa. And by the way, when you call in, say hello to the call screener, Richie V. Uh, nonetheless, uh, he'll be back with you. And uh, let's continue with your calls. We have thousands on hold. Millions are listening. We'll go to Chelsea in Oboken, New Jersey, and then Leo in Leesburg, Virginia. Chelsea, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. And Chelsea, please go ahead. Hey, Bill. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. Uh, yeah, I, I was just wondering where all the concern was for the 32,000 troops on the North Korean border when Trump was threatening fire and fury, the likes of which the world has never seen before. Chelsea, all's well that ends well. So far, we're in mid-stroke, and that was a strategy. Words uh, words cannot break bones, and at that point, whatever he said seemed to work. Wouldn't you agree his words have worked? No. No, oh, they're not. Oh. No, North Korea, in, his, uh, in their two-page, very comprehensive agreement, they haven't agreed to anything they haven't agreed to a hundred times before. Well, do you not try the 101st time? What do you do then? Because they've agreed before to denuclearize the Korean Peninsula, because the four parts that they had was largely something similar to what they did with Clinton, what they did with Obama, what they did with Bush 43. Because it's tried a hundred times, do you say, let's not try anymore? So, Chelsea, what is your what is your conclusion? What do you want to see happen? <laughs> well, I want to see um what nothing is going to happen that's the thing well let me ask you this have three americans come home that were hostages yes let me help you with that yes has he stopped his nuclear testing program the answer is yes no no he hasn't are there still gulags in north i didn't ask you about that i said the three americans come home you said you said nothing has happened has three americans come home Oh, yes, they should. Okay. Have. Now, has he stopped his nuclear testing program? Has he stopped it? No. He hasn't. No. Uh, you are factually incorrect. You belong on NBC News. What confirmation have you received? Because yeah. it hasn't happened. He's not firing any more rockets. He's not setting up maybe the mountain collapse. But nonetheless, now, do you recall when he was sending missiles over the top of Japan? Now, now, Chelsea, what do you do? It is now June of 2018. What do you do? Nothing? <laughs> there was nothing done. That's the thing. The effort was-, was made. He made an effort. Now, this may start the process. Three Americans who back, who could have come back like Otto Warmbier, three healthy Americans came back. He said he stopped his nuclear testing program, which has happened. Now he says the process is beginning. So you don't want the process of peace to begin, right? It hasn't began. It began, it began this morning at 4 a.m. Yes, it did. It began. Now, we don't know where it's going to go. 
God only knows what's going to happen. But isn't it worth the effort to try for peace, or do you want the status quo to be maintained? What do you prefer? You know what I really want? I really want Trump to have a hotel in North Korea. There you go again. You belong in NBC News. How about a Big Mac? Do you want a Big Mac? Chelsea, isn't it better today than it was 18 months ago? Probably accomplished more than he did in that meeting with uh, Kim Jong Fat Boy. Who accomplished more? There was no meeting. This is the first meeting ever. And what's wrong with meeting with someone like Brezhnev meeting Nixon or Gorbachev meeting Reagan? Or now you got Kim Jong-un meeting Trump. What's wrong with that? Right. right. And when Barack Hussein Obama wanted to do the very same thing, what did all of you on the right say? It was up to him to do it. Do you think he pays attention to me? Go do what you're going to do, Mr. President. Do your best for eight years, and if you don't do anything and you leave a disaster diplomatically and there's all kind of crap to pick up off the table because of your presidency, don't blame the right for your opinion. And, Chelsea, you're out of here. Thank you for your idiotic call. Let's go to Leo in Leesburg, Virginia. Leo, go ahead. Bill, why'd you do that? That was the worst setup in the world. Uh, This woman is brain dead, and i got to say, I'm, I'm going to make a bold prediction. Okay, she needs to be informed, and it's obvious that she's not informed. The, you know, the fact that Dennis Rodman was <laughs> captured on film with a MAGA hat, Crying. make America great again, and said, oh, by the way, we missed this opportunity five years ago, Yes, it speaks volumes. I have a new respect for Dennis Rodman. I thought uh, he well, was De- Dennis Rodman, I, if somebody told me two or three years ago, that Dennis Rodman would be conducting foreign policy, that Kim Kardashian would be in charge of prison reform, and Donald Trump's in the White House, you and I would have been checked into an insane asylum. Yes, uh, I, I find myself, Dennis Rodman, wearing a magma hat with Chris Cuomo. He's crying, saying this could have happened five years ago, but Obama wouldn't do a damn thing. Because according to Chelsea, people like me, you, and Mark Levin might criticize Obama, therefore, he did. Are you kidding me? He, he didn't do anything because he was incompetent. He was captured by a way of thinking that Trump rejects. This is thinking outside the box is doing something different. You know, Leo, as, as Trump said this morning at 4 a.m., maybe in six months, nothing's going to come of this. It's possible. In fact, if I had a bet, I bet it's probable. Nothing's going to come of this. But don't you try for peace and don't you try again and again and again. And at some point you might be successful. Absolutely. One thing we've learned from Trump, i got to say, Bill, is he is a man about results. He's not going over there for a glad hand. And uh, my prediction, I told the call screener this, that North Korea, we will have an agreement in place. The Koreas are going to be one. I was there signed there as a 17-year-old soldier 42 years ago under that putz Jimmy Carter. Okay? There's been a huge transformation and I've been serving ever since in different capacities, there's a huge difference. There's a huge tonal difference about how people outside of America treat America now. Before, yeah, guess what? JV team, they were all over us. When's the last time we saw an ISIS headline? That's right. We're going in and we're taking care of business. Killing him. said, take care of business. And he also is going in there and saying, we're taking care of our Americans. We're bringing them back to America. And is he, is he up there 
on, on in the Rose Garden saying, oh, hey, welcome back, Trader and your family. No, he's not. No, right, right now there's thousands of ISIS fighters that Trump has arranged a meeting between them and 72 virgins. And, and I guess they're up there, and I think those ISIS fighters are, are at the bottom of the pits of hell. But I'll say this, is, is that Trump has made it once again proud to be a cop, proud to be a firefighter, and it's good to be an American soldier. And Donald Trump is to Obama as Reagan was to Jimmy Carter. I see history repeating itself. And if you're in the military tonight in South Korea... Are you complimenting the fact, Leo, that Trump was successful this morning? Absolutely, without a doubt. Without yes, a sir. doubt. I'm thinking, I, I'm, I might live. There's a chance I'm going to get out of here in one piece because of Trump. And to listen to the Chelsea's of this world, she talks about the Trump Tower. She talks about Trump condos. She'll talk about McDonald's and Big Macs. She'll talk about irrelevancies about the gulags. Well, uh, what was the status of the world when when Trump took office, as opposed to when Obama left office, I mean, when Trump took office, this the country was in a bad shape. The economy was in bad shape. Right now, both are pretty good. And I give Trump credit. But Chelsea is so filled with hatred and despise and, and sewer water. She's so filled with bile. She's so filled with hatred. She can't see reality. She doesn't understand what's going on, nor can she. Isn't it better off today than it was six months ago? Absolutely. Six months ago, fire and fury. Six months ago, missiles flying over Japan. Today, here we are the middle of June, you know, things are a little bit better. And maybe in, uh, when Trump completes his second term, his second term in January of 2025, things are going to be a whole lot better. And if they are, Chelsea will never recognize it. And Leo, we got to go. Thanks for your call. Let's continue now. Let's go to Scott in Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott, go ahead. You're on the Mark Levin Show, hosted by the great American. Go ahead, Scott. I'm talking about this, this, the country is in bad shape. The economy is in bad shape. Right now, both are pretty good. And I've been trying to credit, but Chelsea is so full of Oh, my God, this guy's lost his mind. She's so full of violence. She's so full of hatred. Well, Scott, you're so screwed up, we can't hear you. Thanks for your call. Let's move on. Let's go to Jeff in Boise, Idaho. Jeff in Boise, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bill. Um, Go ahead. I think that uh, the outcome of the summit has already been determined. Um, I don't think that uh, President Trump would have uh, met with Kim on the world stage unless there was about 100% assurance that North Korea somehow can't back out of the deal. When you talk Um, about the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, as I understand it, there are no nuclear weapons now in South Korea. Now, we got, we got them on the bombers, we got them on the submarines, we got them on the cruisers, we got them on the destroyers, we got them in Guam on the B-2s. But if you talk about denuclearizing the Korean Peninsula, that's only North Korea, isn't it? Uh, yes, um, but I, I believe that um, they probably, uh, under our demand, have probably... Um, are not able to defend themselves. Well, at this point, I, I, I don't know what, I can't see the future. I, I, I'm shocked that Kim Jong-un would get rid of his nuclear weapons when his father and grandfather has tried to get them for the last 50 years. I'm shocked. I think 1949, the communist Red Chinese set off a nuclear weapon. So it's been, it's been almost 70 years since the uh, Kim government in North Korea has tried to get a nuclear weapon. The idea that this guy, I think he's 34 years old, is going to get rid of the dreams of his father and his grandfather and, like, denuclearize North Korea, I find that hard to believe. As hard to believe as it was that East Germany fell and became part of Germany. And for those of us old enough, 
in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, that would have been impossible. we got to run. Jeff, thank you for your call. Let's continue. Let's take a short break. Our telephone number, as always, in Mark Levin is 877-381-3811. And text the number 500 to 96,000, 96,000 to get Mark Levin in the Radio Hall of Fame. And voting's going to be open until Monday of next week. Get her done. I've done it. You should do it, too. This guy, humble and quietly proud, belongs in the Radio National Hall of Fame. Let's continue with more. Bill Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Cunningham, the great American, in for the great one, Mark Levin in Washington, D.C., picking up an award. He'll be back with you tomorrow night, but Levin TV is on tonight after nine. One last thought before I continue with you, the American people, with a call from Chicago and Texas and Maryland and Wisconsin and Washington, all places in between. There was a poll conducted uh, the last couple days about to the American people by ABC News. Do you support Donald Trump going to North Korea? Now, I was shocked at the number. It was only... 75%. Only 75% said the president should deal with North Korea, go to Singapore, and then eventually go to North Korea. And in fact, he said this morning that he could see himself going to Pyongyang. Can you see <laughs> on TV Donald J. Trump reviewing North Korean soldiers from that parapet on top of that huge building in the main square in Pyongyang, North Korea? Could you see that happening? Yes. Could you see the media reaction when Kim Jong-un comes to Washington, D.C.? And in the Rose Garden, there's thousands of Koreans there welcoming the uh, leader of North Korea, who, by the way, is a butcher and a murderer, but no different than Mao Zedong. Was something wrong when Nixon met with Mao Zedong and Cho En Lai? And the Chinese communists have killed conservatively 30 million people. Hell, the North Koreans might only have about 2 million under their belt. You, you take the communism philosophies of USSR, Russia, China, and North Korea, you're bumping up to 100 million human beings. But Russia's in the UN. China's in the UN. They're one of the two, one of the permanent members of the Security Council. We regularly meet with the leaders of China and Russia and now North Korea. I mean, I'm a practicing Roman Catholic. I think all of those leaders are going to burn in the bowels of hell with the broken bones of bishops and archbishops and Roman Catholic priests who sexually abuse children. That's the worst place to be when you kill that many people or, or abuse the innocent. Terrible. Awful. Nonetheless, that doesn't mean you don't talk to them. That doesn't mean you ignore them. Chelsea calls him from Hoboken and says, well, you conservative right-wing talk show host would have criticized uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Therefore, he didn't do it. Do you think Obama paid any attention to Mark Levin? Do you think he paid attention to Sean or Laura or Rush or me? Do you think he paid one twit about absolutely not? Couldn't care less. He didn't do it because he was captured by a left-wing ideology and layers of bureaucracy that told him he can't do it. Well, why can't you do it? If Nixon went to China, Trump's the only one that could go to North Korea and change the arc of history in the Eastern Asian Rim. Isn't, isn't he the only guy that can do this? Well, why didn't Obama do it? Why didn't Obama uh, win the war in Iraq and, and do it in such a way as to stop the rise of ISIS? I had just had a caller on. When's the last headline you read about ISIS anywhere? 
because day by day, week by week, month by month, proud and brave American soldiers and airmen are killing ISIS wherever you can find them. There's only so many virgins in heaven to be servicing these warriors, these idiotic, bloodthirsty killers. ISIS is getting killed all over the Middle East by us, by the Israelis, and by the Saudi Arabians who now have a partnership, yes, a partnership with Israel. It's unbelievable. There's peace breaking out everywhere. And even Red China, the godless heathens in Beijing, have said to the Trumpster, we'll pick up an additional $200 billion in American products each year for the next several years. Everywhere I look, I see startling things going on. But I don't see the media covering the collapse of Venezuela under Maduro and Chavez. Do you see any New York Times stories on the failures of socialism as practiced in Chicago, for example, in Venezuela? Do you see any media coverage of that failed philosophy? Is Bernie Sanders often asked about how can you be a socialist when it's failed all over the world? Does anyone ask Bernie that question? Of course not, because the media are socialists, liberal Democrats, and some are communists. And so when Zika Brzezinski and others talk about Trump, they seethe with such vitriolic anger, they can't see objective reality that you and I hopefully can see. Let's continue. I'm done babbling. I want to hear from you, the American people. When we do, we got Jim's been on hold there for about an hour from the uh, socialist haven of Chicago. And then uh, we have calls from Texas and Maryland and Washington, D.C. and Albany, Oregon. I'd love to hear from the good, from the ducks and from the beavers in Oregon. And if a line becomes available, the number to call is 877-381-3811. Once again, uh, Mark will be with you back tomorrow night. He's in Washington tonight. He'll be on LevinTV.com uh, after 9 o'clock. He's getting an award in Washington. And he'll be back with you tomorrow night. And if you uh, text 500 to 96,000, you can help Mark Levin enter the Radio Hall of Fame. There is no Radio Hall of Fame without the great Mark Levin. Bill Cunningham, in for Mark constitutional lawyer you can see today for free no appointment necessary just call him at 877-381-3811 and by the way the uh, hill magazine the hill website uh, put out a uh, story this afternoon about the george w bush presidential center is uh, tweeting out coverage and analysis of human rights abuses in north korea just one day after President Trump's historic summit, the center was asked whether or not this was an effort to uh, criticize Trump and his activities uh, in Singapore. The center said, no, this is simply our efforts to highlight human rights abuses all over the planet. There's been nothing about this from the Bush, from the Bush Library the last several months. So the timing is a bit suspicious that one would have to assume that one caused the other the other. One of the pieces uh, promoted on Tuesday is the Bush Center interview with North Korean dissident and author Kang Choi Wan, who escaped from the country after spending 10 years in a prison camp. No one's got to convince you or me that North Korea is a horrible place in which average citizens have to graze like cattle in order to eat because there's no food, there's no economy, there's no industry. In fact, North Korea, much like South Korea, has no natural resources of any type. So if American business would go in there, there's no middle class. There's a few thousand at the top and 25 million at the bottom. So I don't know what North Korea has to trade other than nuclear weapons. I don't know why they would give up and say, what the heck? 
we're going to uh, now become part of South Korea or have a Korean peninsula that, that's united under a democratic system. I can't imagine that happening any more than I could have imagined in the 1970s that the Berlin Wall would come tumbling down without a shot being fired. You have to think outside your own experiences. What the Bush Library, this is Bush 43 Library, doesn't do, and which I think uh, Trump is doing. So for those who oppose this, what if? What, what if this actually sparks something because of Dennis Rodman or, or because Kim Jong-un likes Big Macs? Allegedly, there's been some reporting that Trump uh, made available Big Macs. For Kim Jong-un loves Big Macs. His father liked to be a Hollywood director. He did like a Titanic. These are goofballs. These guys couldn't be elected assistant dog catcher in Schenectady, New York. But nonetheless, you got to deal with the Kim family. It's in the Constitution that a Kim family member must serve as the premier or president or chairman. That's why Kim Jong-un killed his half-brother with those weapons of mass destruction because he was in the bloodline. So by getting rid of him and purging hundreds of army officers who disagreed with him, he's consolidated his power. At this point, he's the biggest thing going in North Korea by far, and he could be there in the next 30 to 40 years or longer. He's only 34 years old, according to reports. He might be there 50 years. So why not try something different? Think outside the box. Why not meet with the guy? Stop firing the missiles. Who knows? And give, even Democrats are starting to give Trump some credit, but not the HTM. They hate Trump media. They will never give him credit. Let's continue now with your calls. From Chicago, we have Jim and then Wayne in Fort Worth, uh, Texas. Jim, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Please, Jim, go ahead. Hi, Barry. I always like to hear you fill in. Thank you. Here's why I here's why I think that uh, President Trump is going to get this deal consummated. He even said that he'd been preparing for this meeting for 40 years. When he has a property that he wants to build as part of his real estate empire, he has to go to investors and sell them on the vision that he has for that property because he doesn't use his own money. Like the one in Chicago. He's got a great property in, in Chicago, doesn't he? Exactly. And what he does is he tells them what the vision is, how big it's going to be, what kind of people are going to be there, what kind of shops and restaurants. He really sells them so the people are excited to be part of it, and they give him the money to finance it. I think he is going to, he told Kim Jong-un the same kind of vision that he could have for North Korea, that he could build it up um, uh, like the town that he went walking around in the night before, so smiling. Yeah. And I think that he's telling him that he can get investment, that they can build that that country, and he can have a legacy that his father and grandfather could never have. And the Singapore sling, I the photos, the video of Kim Jong-un at night walking around fancy hotels, drinking fancy wines and eating fancy foods and all that stuff. Maybe there's something this guy, by the way, he grew up in Switzerland. And so when he was a kid in grade school and high school, he was in Switzerland. And so maybe he's thinking, why can't I do for North Korea what happened in South Korea? Because in 1953, both nations were utterly devastated. There were the, the two countries were exactly identical, which looked like the surface of, of of the moon. And so, when you look at this, and he knows what's going on in South Korea, there's thousands of North Koreans knowing what's happening in South Korea. Maybe he's looking at this, saying, "You know what? Why can't I do this? If this works, so be it. If it doesn't work, 
we're in the same position we would have been anyway. But I think with Trump's personality, this might work. It might not not will, but might work. One more quick thing. Uh, he did even show uh, Kim a video, a four-minute video, of what North Korea could look like. And remember that the first um, hotel that Trump renovated in New York City in the early 80s was a dilapidated right. uh, hotel near, time, near uh, Grand Central Grand Station, Central. Surround, sounded, surrounded by flop houses and shooting galleries. He built that up with his own imagination and the whole entire area gentrified and grew because of it and why not north korea doing the same well. thing taking taking <laughs> an area where they they can put you know they still have oxes pulling the plows right and turn it into a 21st century wow. country wow if that happens uh, i'd be in a state of shock and dismay but it's possible i mean i right now north koreans graze like cattle to get grass because they're so hungry. There's a few hundred thousand that starve to death every day. There's no jobs. There's no education system. There's no pharmaceuticals. There's no emergency rooms. It is a third world 17th century country. Now, that would take 20 to 40 years, but the longest journey begins with the first step. You got to try something. Can you imagine if he strikes a deal to have a Trump hotel put in Pyongyang? Can you see what the left is going to do with that? Well, that I think that that swamp, that hotel that he renovated turned into like the Hyatt Grand Plaza or something. Right. So there's no telling what could happen. And yeah, it's going to take forty or fifty years. Sure. That's what it took to Shanghai too. I mean, uh, Singapore. Singapore too. was awful. And now look at it. Yeah. It's you know, and you know, Jim, why not try make the effort? And if you fail pursuing worthy goals, then you try again and you keep going. The critic is the one sitting in the stands. As T.R. said, I, I like the activity. I like the warrior in the pit filled with mud and blood and sweat trying to st- strive and do great deeds instead of the critic in the stands always seeing how the doer of deeds have failed. That's what T.R. said. And I'm telling you right now, this guy is on an arc to, to look like Abraham Lincoln, to look like Ronald Reagan. If this economy continues to pick up and improves, if we can build the southern border fence, if we can get the right kinds of illegal aliens out of America and the right kind of correct aliens in America, if we can have blue cards to those who are great nuclear physicists, if we can actually improve the middle-class Americans, the lives of middle-class Americans, let the Republican Party be the party of the working class in this country, you won't be able to find a Democrat with a search warrant. And, and, you know, up to this point, Trump's been blessed by his opponents. Can you see Elizabeth Warren as the nominee of the Democrat Party, which is likely? Can you see Pocahontas heading up the Democrat? Wouldn't that be unbelievable, that the luck that Trump would have to run against her? I think they're going to have to be running away from the Democratic Party because nobody's going to want to run against President Trump. And you see so many African-Americans. Now, uh, the the African-American support for Trump is going to get to 20, 25 percent. And if that happens, the Democratic Party is done. It's over. And Hispanics, too. Hispanics. I mean, I'll give you a factoid. I saw this on a Gallup poll the other day that. When asked whether Americans' immigration policy toward illegals is right or wrong, 66% of whites said Trump has the right immigration policy. 64% of African-Americans said Trump is right on immigration. And 53% of Hispanics said that. And blacks are the ones in the inner cities most profoundly hurt by the Democratic Party. And one might ask, Jim, 
Chicago's been under the control of Democrats, I think, 70 or 80 years. How does the south side of Chicago look under Rahm Emanuel? How does uh, Memphis look? How does Baltimore look? You can't find a Republican with a search warrant in most major American cities. And if things aren't right for African-Americans, Jason Whitlock said this about a month ago on Fox Sports. What do you have to lose? Trump said it during the campaign. Uh, Is urban education working in Detroit, Chicago, Memphis, Baltimore, Austin? It's not working in my hometown of Cincinnati. There's not been a Republican mayor here in a half a century. And the reading scores, the job creation in urban areas is terrible. It's because you follow the dictates of the Democrat Party. When blacks figure out what the Democratic Party has done to them and not for them, you won't have any black votes, and blacks will return to their traditional home, which is the Republican Party. And after all, the Democrats, Democrats are the party of the Ku Klux Klan. The Democrats are the party of Confederate monuments. The Democrats are the party of Jim Crow laws. The Democrats are the party of housing projects. The Democratic Party has done all that. The Democratic Party. So if you're not happy with the south side of Chicago, Jim, can you blame a Republican for that? Come well, on, the man. Irony, the irony is that the um, Obama library, which is not going to be a, a library, uh, the Obama library is built within three or four miles of, you know, 50 shootings every other night. Every weekend we have eight to ten people killed. Well, what did Obama do for eight years on the south side of Chicago? Did he regularly appear did Michelle Obama show up there with her Hollywood friends? Did they do anything to change the arc of the violence in the south side of Chicago for eight years other than talk about it? What did they do to change it? The hometown of Louis Farrakhan, who now supports Trump, the hometown of Jesse Jackson, the hometown of Barack Hussein Obama, Rahm Emanuel, Arne Duncan. What did they do in their hometown? Did, don't, don't they care most about the theories to be implemented where they live? And so why didn't Obama care one twit about the south side of Chicago in his eight years? There were about 5,000 blacks who were killed and something like 20,000 African-Americans shot in the city of Chicago in those eight years. What did Obama do? What did Rahm Emanuel do? What did Arne Duncan do? What did Valerie Jarrett do? What did Michelle Obama do? What did Oprah do? What did any of this do in Chicago? If they had these grand theories that work, why not implement them in Chicago? Why didn't it work? Why didn't it work, Jim? They never even mentioned it, Billy. They never mentioned. The only time that uh, Obama was here was he came to stay in his house three or four times for a weekend. They shut down within four blocks of his house, all streets leading up to it. He was not ignored it. Involved. He ignored it. He was not involved. It was an inconvenient uh, truth. The fact of the matter is democratic policies have obliterated the urban areas, public education, job creation, and health clinics, and I watched it happening in every major American city, but the media doesn't cover it. Does Chicago media cover the collapse of the south side of Chicago under Rahm Emanuel, Richard J. Daley? Did they cover the collapse of the south side of Chicago under Obama, Farrakhan, and Jackson? Does the media cover that? No, not at all. Why not? They Well, they talk about the shootings, but they don't talk about solutions. Well, because the Democratic solutions don't work. Jim, we got to go. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Texas next, then Maryland. If a line becomes available, 877-381-3811. Bill Cunningham, the great American, speaking truth on the Mark Levin Show. Mark Levin.
Joining him in for Mark Levin. Before I continue with the calls, and I want to apologize to Wayne and Cindy and others, been on hold forever. But uh, about a week ago, fame uh, jazz musician Wynton Marcellus had some choice words to make about hip-hop in general. You know, the media loves Jay-Z, Lamar, Snoop, Oprah Winfrey, Michael, whoever it is, they love hip-hop and all it does. And he made a rather salient point. He said, quote, you can have a pipeline of filth be your default position, and it's free. Now the nation is entertained by this or that. It's just like the toll the minstrel show took on black folks and on white folks. He used the N-word, it's the B-word, all that kind of stuff. On the surface, one might be inclined to agree with Marcellus, this statement goes on to say. Hip-hop has long upheld certain stereotypical behavior about African-American, particularly women. In addition, crude, violent, and sexually explicit content continues to be a major selling point for labels, something that Marcellus has noted. To the outsider, the messages of hip-hop continue to convey a certain viewpoint of black women and black men. And does the hip-hop words warp the way certain people view African-Americans? The story says, yes, it does, without a slither of a doubt. So... And this message about what happens in the black community is contrary to my own. I've been a practicing attorney now for 45 years. I've been an assistant attorney general. The blacks I know are judges, lawyers, doctors, fellow members of private clubs that I belong to. That's my experience. But the great bulk of white Americans who listen to hip-hop get their visions of what black women act like and how blacks speak to each other from hip-hop. And Jay-Z and all the rest are now billionaires because of it. One of the worst places, and and Jason Whitlock, who's on Fox Sports, makes the same point. His point is that blacks have stuck with the Democrat Party after Ku Klux Klan members were Democrats. Who erected the Confederate statues? Those are all be Democrats. Jim Crow laws, all Democrats. He said, then we stick with Democrats who control the politics in every major American city, directly or indirectly, every major American city in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Chicago. New York, Atlanta, you can't find a Republican in city government with a search warrant. They don't exist. So if there's problems in the black community when it comes to education, about 5% of black kids in Chicago or Detroit public schools read at the appropriate level. 5%, 95% don't read at the appropriate level. And how about this? The average black graduate of Chicago, Detroit, Memphis, Baltimore, L.A., Public high schools read at the eighth grade level. And who's in charge of education? They're all Democrats. Who's in job? Who's in charge of job creation in the south side of Chicago? Well, that'd be Democrats. Who's in charge of the criminal justice system? If people complain about the treatment of blacks in the criminal justice system in every major American city, who's in charge of the criminal justice system? That would be Democrats. 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 Everywhere I look, Democrats. There they are. But they blame, the Democrats blame Reagan or Bush or Trump or some corporate structure. But in the city of Baltimore, there are no Republicans elected to any public office. So if the public housing projects stink, if the criminal justice system is racist, if city government is discriminatory, which political party's in charge? It's the Democrats. So Jason Whitlock and Marcellus and others say, now, wait a minute, step back from this. At what point are we going to stop hitting ourselves in the head with a hammer, complaining about the bruising? Why don't we stop hitting ourselves, anticipating different results, staying with the same political philosophy that's dominated major cities in this country for the last 50 years? What does anyone 
Shouldn't McCarthy be the next mayor in Chicago and instead of Rahm Emanuel? If things aren't right on the south side of Chicago, who do you blame? I blame Mark Levin. I blame Rush Limbaugh. I blame Mike Pence. I might throw in a Trump here and there. It's not our fault as Democrats for controlling education and the court system and job creation. I blame everybody but ourselves. Let's continue with your calls. 877-381-3811. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hi, Mark Levin finds himself tonight in Washington, D.C. We'll be back with you tomorrow, but uh, after 9 o'clock Eastern time, Levin TV will be on, uh, levintv.com. Mark, I have his comments there about the China situation, which is stunning, unbelievable. Uh, it, it's the greatest thing. I can't believe what's going on. And uh, I still think the odds of this happening are small, but the effort was tremendous. And let's face it, uh, the odds of East Germany joining West Germany in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s was like impossible. So it is possible. Let's continue with your calls. And by the way, since my friend uh, Jim from Chicago got me on this tangent, statistically, the worst place to live for an African-American is in a congressional black district. The job opportunities, the educational achievement, the criminal misbehavior is the greatest in African-American-controlled districts of black congressional caucus members. One might ask, as Jason Whitlock and other black conservatives have for a long time, if you keep doing the same thing anticipating different results, that's insanity. And so if those living in Chicago are kind of unhappy with high taxes, lousy schools, no job creation, decapitation of the middle class. Why do you give Rahm Emanuel another chance to continue with the same policies? Blaming Trump. Yes, Rahm Emanuel is blaming Trump. No matter what it is, the answer is Trump. Blame Trump. De Blasio in New York, New York City's hurting anymore. After uh, eight years of Rudy and 12 years of Bloomberg that continued uh, Rudy's policies, New York's beginning to hurt. Atlanta, Memphis, whatever it is. It's amazing that... The Democrats have sold African-Americans a bill of goods and they've purchased it for 50 or 60 years. And at some point, it's got to stop and got to say, you know what? We've tried this political philosophy of liberalism and it's failed miserably. It's broken the American family. It's broken the black church. It's broken black and black employment. It's broken black educational achievement. It doesn't work for us. It can't try something different. What do you have to lose? Let's continue. Thousands on hold. Millions are listening. Let's continue with, uh, let's go to Cindy in Laurel, Maryland. Cindy, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. And uh, Cindy, please go ahead. Well, thank you, Bill. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, ma'am. And uh, shout out to everybody in the DMV. <laughs> and uh, congratulations to Mark getting an award. How about that? Um, he did, you know, if Mark's not in the radio National Radio Hall of Fame, there shouldn't be one. You bet. I concur. He's on the that, best. Sir. He's the best. Um, he is the best, and there's others that I love just as much. And I tell you what, talk radio, what it has done for this country, and getting people that were uninformed and starting to get them to be informed. Um, what that gentleman said in Leesburg is absolutely true. And as far as what Trump is doing with North Korea, go for it, Donald. He has done a fantastic job. He has been preparing this for many, many years to have this conversation and to do this. It was his time and his 
his opportunity to go over there and talk to, to Kim, Kim Jong-un. I tell you, Cindy, the media won't tell you this, but he, he was brilliant in coordinating China, Russia, Japan, and South Korea along with us. Together, he created maximum pressure on the North about to collapse. And the, those countries have said it's not in our interest for a collapsed North Korea. It's not in China's interest to have five million refugees flood the eastern border of China. It's not in Russia's interest. It's not in anyone's interest for the collapse and for a nuclear war. And so he was brilliant in diplomatically getting Abe and getting Xi and getting Vladimir Putin and getting Moon and getting others involved diplomatically. Now, how much credit has Trump been given by the hate Trump media for the brilliant diplomatic maneuvers he's made? Well, you know, they're getting a little quieter these days. Well, that's the way I like them. Uh, Christian Amanpour needs to have her head examined, and, and Zika Brzezinski with Morning Joe is despicable, and, and they don't know what to do. It began on election night. And then the next day, during the Saturday marches with all the profanity, and it continues through now that they don't objectively report facts. They have a left-wing ideology they ram down our throats. And the news media should be in the business of gathering and dispersing the news. That's the last thing ABC, NBC, and CBS do is objectively report facts. They have a left-wing ideology they cram down our throats, and I'm sick of it. We're all sick of it, and I think people are starting to wake up. They're seeing what he is doing. They're seeing the connections that he has made. He is taking things exactly as he should with them. He can't just go in there and, and, and change that country overnight. No. If people it would be in shock. They wouldn't know what to do. They, they've been following those leaders for years and believe that they're the ones that, that provide them with anything. If anything that needs to happen would be humanitarian with, with food and medical treatment. You know, the way the North Koreans used America, the way the Democratic Party uses Trump. By that, I mean the North Koreans have convinced the North Koreans that the reason they're eating grass for lunch is because of America. And the Democratic Party, like Rahm Emanuel, has convinced the voters in Chicago that everything would be great here except for Trump or Bush or Reagan, or no matter who it is. And, and it's the canard. It's a lie. It's a hoax. And more and more African-Americans have figured out what the Democratic Party has done to them and not for them. And North Koreans are beginning to figure out what the Communist Party's done to them. And at some point, there might be an ounce of lead traveling at a high rate of speed in the back of Kim Jong-un's head. And whatever's going on in North Korea, they got to have the boogeyman to blame and not their policies. And the Democrats in the urban areas in this country want to blame the Republicans and not their policies. It's a nice game to play, but more and more people are figuring it out. And, Cindy, I understand your dad served in North Korea. Uh, explain what, or maybe South Korea, what happened? Well, yes, he did uh, work for the federal government. He did a lot of intelligence work uh, for one of the agencies here, and um, he traveled back and forth. He was a naval and air force officer, and he did intelligence work for many years. So uh, my dad dedicated his his entire career after he got, um, resigned his commission to yeah. um, this nation's safety, and he would be proud. He traveled a lot to that part of the world, um, and he he's been gone since 2005. So. He has not seen the fruition of what no. I'm getting to see, and I wish he was still alive because I know he would be damn proud. He would, he would be so proud of Trump. You know, Cindy, how has socialism worked in North Korea, Cuba, and Venezuela? How's it working? Huh? It's not. Well, does the media cover Bernie Sanders? Now, Bernie, Bernie almost became the president. You're a socialist. Where is socialism working, Sydney? Give me the place where these theories, these laboratories are actually working so we can follow the model. Where is it working? 
it's not. And, and so really why does the media point this out? Now, wait a minute, Bernie. You, Maduro and Chavez, and before that, a long, way, a long layer of socialism. Where's Sean Penn, who was t- com- complaining about capitalism infecting Venezuela 10, 15 years ago when he was a buddy of Hugo Chavez? Where's Sean Penn these days? I don't know, and I don't care. I don't I care. I mean, you can't find him with a search warrant. I want to know where these theories work. If the Democratic Party have the interest of black folks at heart, why aren't they doing better in urban areas for the past 50 years? Why? Because they keep voting in the Democrats. Hoping, Stupid. Again, that to get a different result, they go into the hardware store asking for birthday cake. And they're not going to get birthday cake at the hardware store. Do you understand? You so know, in Detroit and Chicago, black eighth graders read at the third grade level. You would think maybe one or two years, five years, 10 years, 20 years. How about 60 years? At some point you say, wait a minute, we've been electing Democrats for 60 years. What in the hell has that done for black folks? One might ask. The answer is nothing. Nothing. And so does the Detroit Free Press, does the Tribune in Chicago, the the Baltimore Sun, do they cover the status of the promises of the mayors, the city council members, the the, the Board of Education, the job creators, and say, wait a minute, we're, we're living in rather bad areas of town for the last half a century. You've been exclusively in charge. Why aren't our conditions better? One might ask the question. And if Jesse Jackson is such a great leader and he's in Chicago with Louis Farrakhan and Barack Hussein Obama and Chelsea and, and Oprah, why aren't things great in Chicago in the black community? Why is that? So I wish you, I knew. Well, I, I tell you why. It doesn't work. Socialism and liberalism doesn't work where it's tried. It doesn't work anywhere. And so why why don't we try something different? Does North Korean communism work in North Korea for the citizens? The answer is no. They're blaming America. They're blaming Trump or they blame Obama. They blame Bush. How about looking at themselves and saying, you know what? We have a society that doesn't function. Cindy, we got to go. Thanks for your call. Let's go to Guy in Albany, Oregon. Guy in Oregon, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Guy, please go ahead. Wow, thank you so much, sir. First time I've ever done one of these things. And thank you from the beautiful uh, West Coast. Yeah. We're, we're called the Left Coast, but uh, <laughs> that's only because of uh, many people who want to think of different ways. By the way, uh, is, is liberalism for the Democrats working in the state of California? Is that functioning well? Are the, are the public school systems doing great? Lots of middle-class jobs created. Is California functioning? Uh no, actually, California is starting to fall into itself. Sure, and even one might ask. We we up here in Oregon, you know, we've got only just a couple of few towns that actually dictate what goes on, and the rest of Oregon is actually all all uh, they're all Republican. We've we've got uh, people who are ranchers, and sure. we've got the greatest. Uh, rodeo in, almost in the world with the Pendleton Roundup and stuff. Um, and all up and down, if you look to the most big part of these three states that sit on the West Coast, it's, it's all Republican. And I, what I, one thing I don't understand is there's only three states, but two of them, uh, both of their governors are named Brown. How did we get that? <laughs> You, you know, well, Guy, I want to talk to you. You have sons serving in the military, is that correct? I, we actually have five kids serving in the military. Thank you. Right now. Thank you. And, yes. And how happy are they with Trump in the White House and with peace breaking out in Korea? How happy are they? Oh, they're extremely happy. 
And actually, I've got a daughter that just a few years ago, uh, we flew into um, down, down to San Diego and watched her get her cap as she made chief in a, a chief petty officer in the Navy, which is only chosen by your people, your right. peers around you. Right. And that was an extremely uh, gratifying experience to get to be there for that. John, let me ask now, you this. If you had a son or daughter as one of the 32,000 serving in South Korea as the American tripwire of North Korean assault on the South, how happy would you be tonight to know that peace has broken out, that the missiles are not flying, that nuclear facilities are being destroyed, and that Kim Jong-un has invited the president to Pyongyang, and your son or daughter is in South Korea? How happy are you tonight? This is amazing. I am extremely happy. My our our daughter who made chief when when we asked her a while back, it's like her 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 mom asked her said, "So what is your biggest worries?" And she was stationed in Italy at the time. Sure. And she said, "Actually, mom, the the biggest thing I'm worried about because there was other things going on around the world." So I'm. We're worried about North Korea. Correct. And well, that's what Obama. That's what Obama told Trump. He said the one problem you're going to have, which I cre- help create, is North Korea. And, and right, there's a hundred thousand artillery shell units and tubes pointing at the south. Within the first 24 hours, there'd be a million artillery blasts all over South Korea, and nothing can stop them. And then here comes the tanks and 2.5 million soldiers. There'd be 20 to 30 million dead Koreans and 32,000 dead Americans. And many liberals don't see that. They think it's no big deal. Trump is saving the lives of Koreans, so it don't concern me much. But he's saving the life of 32,000 Americans that I care deeply about. Plus, he's maybe saving your state of Oregon from a nuclear attack. To me, that's a big deal. But Zika Brzezinski and Christian Amapur don't see it at all. They, they think it's no big deal that we have peace in Korea because it gives Trump credit and they can't stand the fact that Trump gets credit. Well, guy, we got to go. Thanks for your call. Let's continue. We have calls from Washington and uh, New Jersey and Virginia and Georgia. If a line becomes available, 877-381-3811. I am Bill Cunningham, the great American, sitting in for Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Now the great one, Mark Levin's in Washington, D.C., accepting a, an award. Be with you back tomorrow night. Uh, LevinTV.com is on after 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight. Plus, you can vote for Mark to get in the Radio Hall of Fame by texting 500, the number 500, to the number 96,000. Let's make sure he's got a million votes to be in the Radio Hall of Fame. Let's continue now. Let's go to Mike in Washington, New Jersey. Mike in New Jersey, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Mike, please go ahead. Brother, how you doing? Great night to be an American. God bless you and God bless America. That's right. 100%. I just want to let everybody know that me and my family are so happy that there's something going on over there with Trump and the little fat boy. Because I got two boys in the military right now, and one of them is in South Korea. Wow. How did you react in the last 24 to 48 hours when the left-wing media in this country, the hate Trump media, is criticizing Trump for helping to save your son's life? How do you react to that? These guys are a bunch of traitors to our country. It's unbelievable what they're doing. 
They should be thrown in jail. You know, there's a statue in the law that anybody that talks bad about our country or tries to uh, do anything to, to try to change any of the laws or anything like that, they go to jail. Uh, I don't know why they're not doing it. I'll say but, this, uh, Mike, that uh, this president is on course to have the most consequential presidency since Ronald Reagan, maybe as good as Abraham Lincoln, because the guy is saving the republic, he's saving the American economy, he's saving the illegal alien migration into this country, he's saving the middle class, he's providing us tax cuts. Around the world, there's a Pax Americana developing in which countries are afraid of what to do next. They feared him like they feared Reagan, and they didn't fear Jimmy Carter, they didn't fear Barack Hussein Obama at all. That guy was a clown. The media covered for him. He was unelectable by any objective measurement if the media covered his history and his policies and where he went and who he ran around with like Frank Marshall Davis and William Ayers and Bernadine Dorn and all the fools and communists that Obama ran around with. If Obama was covered by the mainstream media, he was completely unelectable. Or if John McCain had run a functional campaign in 2008, Obama was unelectable, but the media covered for him. And my source for that is William Jefferson Clinton. President Clinton said a couple days ago that because he was a black liberal, the media covered for him because he represented the philosophy that the media held. Well, Mike, we got to go. Thanks for your call. And as we continue, we're going to go to Tony in Augusta, Georgia. Next, one of my goals in life before I die is to play golf at Augusta National. Maybe there's a possibility Tony can get that done. So if a line becomes available, once again, you know the routine, which is 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Only 30 minutes remain. I'm honored to be asked by Richard Cementa and also by the call screener Richie V to be pinch hitting for Mark Levin tonight. He'll be back with you tomorrow night. And also, uh, LevinTV.com is on after 9 o'clock Eastern time tonight. mentor of conservatism. Call now at 877-381-3811. All right, Bill Cunningham, the great American Infomark. Let's continue with the more. Let's go to Tony in Augusta, Georgia. Tony in Augusta, welcome again to the Mark Levin Show. Please go ahead. I appreciate you taking my call, Mr. Cunningham. And trust me, if I had access like you got and I had it on this end, I'd make sure you get those tickets that you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I've been promised, John Schmoltz promised me I'd be playing at Augusta National. Tom Glavin told me you'll be at Augusta National. <laughs> I've had others tell me, you know, I'm, I have like a 3.6 handicap and I want to play the darn thing <laughs> while I'm still capable of playing and maybe bringing the course to its knees. But Augusta uh-huh. National, I want to play. I, I I played in a Pebble Beach, but Augusta National, can you get me on Augusta National? Well, maybe some of the big wigs are listening here and I'll send you some tickets. But like I said, if I was able to, I'd make sure you get them. <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead because, you know, a guy that I met a long time ago from Augusta, Georgia, his name was James Brown, the godfather of soul. I, oh, served, yeah. as his, oh, yeah. I served as his cape man once. Oh, yeah? <laughs> it's a man's world. It would be nothing. What I w- if you have time before you go to bed tonight, Tony, I want you to Google James Brown and Pavarotti. Do you know who, oh, okay. you, you know who Pavarotti was? Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. Opera singer. There was an occasion in uh-huh. Italy when James Brown, along with uh, Pavarotti, sang It's a Man's World. 
but it will be nothing without a woman or a girl. Google James Brown and Pavarotti and watch what happens. It's the most fabulous singing performances I've ever seen in my life. And I tell people from Augusta, Georgia, you must be honored to be in the hometown of James Brown. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Anyway, uh, in your closing last remark prior to the commercial, like I said, I agree with everything you said, because actually I'm an African-American myself. And trust me, I mean, you have been so spot on with everything that you put, you've covered tonight, you know, especially from Chicago, you name it. And it's like if the, if the, if the, if, if the African-American community genuinely woke up to a lot of how the Democratic Party has held us hostage for years, you know, I mean, there would be no Democratic Party anymore. You know, I mean, and, and it's just like we have been trampled upon. And, I, and, and to be honest with you, I'll admit, I haven't, I've never voted Democrat because I'm ex-military uh, historically Reagan support. I mean, because like I said, I've been to I've been to Korea twice myself. I was right there in the militarized zone. Thank you. Uh, I Thank mean, you for your service. I, Thank you. You're, you're welcome. And I've been in that little blue building that they're talking about because you go on tours, and you that's the only time you can go over into North Korea is when you step inside that building on, on a tour. Over in the land that they have down uh, across the tables or whatever, we have, have the, uh, the, uh, where they have to communicate back and forth for us on the list, uh, their mics and whatever. That's the only time you can go into North Korea. So I've been there. So like I said, if they ever were to bring peace to that place there, yeah. I'm sure uh, many people will have a history, I mean, uh, as a witness, to sit there and say, yeah, I've been there before. I was stationed in the 2nd Division, you know. And, and like I said, with Trump, what Trump did today, oh. I mean, people are clueless. Astounding. To, to, the accomplishments. Tony, let me ask you some questions. Which was the political party in charge of the South that declared war on the United States of America? Which political party was in charge of the Confederacy? It was the Democrats. Now, after the loss by the Democratic Party at the hands of Abraham Lincoln and the Republicans, which political party was in charge of the Ku Klux Klan? Democrats. Which political party lynched about 2,000 blacks in the South from oak trees and lit them on fire? Which party did that? It was Democrats. Now, which party, after the lynchings, was in charge of Jim Crow laws throughout the South? Which party was in charge of that? It was Democrats. Now, in the 1980s, the leader of the United States Senate was a guy named Robert KKK Byrd. Which political party was he in? Democrat. And which yep. political party erected all the Confederate statues? The Democrat. And which political party is in charge of the 50 largest American cities with lack of black educational achievement, high crime rates, supposedly a terrible criminal justice system, and rampant welfare? Which political party is in charge, for example, of Atlanta? Uh, the Democratic Party. <laughs> now, can you tell me? With that history, why blacks vote for Democrats 95% of the time. De- it's just sad. It's simply sad. I mean, with all the things that you named off, I mean, it's sad that blacks will not meticulously take the time out and go and research exactly what you're saying in order to make you out of a liar. They will not- well, tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, am I wrong? Uh, you're totally right. You're totally right. Totally. And, and yeah. if, if there's problems with the criminal justice system in Atlanta, New York, Chicago, Richmond, Washington, D.C. Which political party is in charge of the criminal justice system? It's the Democrats. Okay, now, how do they get away with selling these lies being purchased by African Americans, 95% of them? How is it possible that more blacks don't figure this thing out? We just easy people. You could, you, 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 I mean, we just, uh, to be honest with you, it just seems like we just easy. You can manipulate us with anything. 
and they've been doing it for years, you know. And I mean, like I said, it's sad but true. And like I said, that's why they know me. A lot of friends of mine, they, they, they know how I am. I keep it real. I said, at least I do what Al Sharpton don't do. That's his logo. I said, he don't want to do that. Well, Al Sharpton is like in Harlem. And I've spent time in Harlem. I've been in the south side of Chicago. I've been to Baltimore. I've been in the barrios of San Francisco and Los Angeles where African-Americans are being pushed out by illegal Hispanics. And when I talk to black conservatives in Chicago, like uh, like the Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson, he will tell you that Hispanic illegal aliens are displacing African-Americans in schools and jobs and factories. Now, which political party is advocating importing into America, into black neighborhoods, large numbers of illegal Hispanics? Which political party is that? The Democratic Party. Can you tell me, <laughs> you tell me with that history, why in the hell would, would a black American, a proud one like you, ever vote for a Democrat? I, well, yeah. And they blame Trump or Reagan or Bush or the boogeyman. The Democratic oh, yeah. Party did all that. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I mean, and it's amazing how Nancy Pelosi and them are able to so easily play all black folks against Trump, trying to play us against Trump. And they're saying he's a racist, he's this, and the, and the main what? community, Whippy Goldberg and all of out in California, Hollywood, and all of them, as well as in academia, trying to sit there and call Trump the racist. Trump. Like Trump's, the ra- Trump's been in office 17 months. What about the Democratic Party in charge of African Americans for 150 years? And, and look, look what the look what the Democrats did to the blacks in the South. When the slaves came over into the South, the Democratic Party made sure you were bought and sold like chattel. You, 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 women were raped. The men were brutalized by Democrats. And when they declared war on the United States of America, they were all fought by Democrats. And when they lost, the Ku Klux Klan hung 2,000 blacks from trees. Now, does that memorial in Alabama which should talk about the lynching of 2,000 blacks. Does the, is the word Democratic Party anywhere in those memorials? The answer is no. Why is that? The Democratic Party. And who fought against the racism? Who fought against the Ku Klux Klan? Who fought against Jim Crow laws? That would be Republicans. Exactly. And then and just like I, rep- I remind a couple of my friends, I said, you all only even know, even know that the NRA had uh, armed blacks in order to protect themselves against the Klan. Absolutely. I mean, you didn't know that, did you? The NRA yeah. armed African-Americans to protect themselves exactly. against the Ku Klux Klan, which yep. are the Democrats. Exactly. And now the worst place to live for an African-American is in a congressional black district. It's impossible that those statistically the least jobs, the most crime, the lack of educational achievement is in congressional black districts. Why didn't somebody point that out? What, where's the reporting by CNN on that? And I want to mention also about Kanye West, too, because, see, that's why so many African-Americans have really kind of woken up, because he genuinely made a lot of them think. Because a friend of mine, this guy recently, we talk a lot about politics or whatever, and he was shocked, too, when Kanye did what he did. He tried to blow him off as a little crazy. I thought, oh, Kanye West ain't that crazy about him. He may have his little weird ways. I said, but you think about what he said. I said, they misinterpret what he said right off in the first place. I said, the fact that he said, he said, about having to think for yourself. You know, I said, then they got offended by that. I said, then you got the bloods out there, the cribs, or whoever it was, they threatened him, talking about not wanting to come back to right. California. Kill I said, how crazy is that? Well, they're doing the work of the Democrat Party. Winton Marcellus, J- Jason Whitlock of Fox Sports, line them up. Thomas Sowell, Walter Williams, Jesse Lee Peterson, Ted Hayes, line them all up. They're saying the same thing. Stop what you're doing. Quit doing the same thing, anticipating a different result. 
listen to Trump. He's been there 17 months. He's had no impact in black America at all. Whatever the status of black America is today is because of the Democrat Party. And if the status is, if you're happy with the results of educational achievement, if you're happy with the fact that in many urban areas, black eighth graders read at the third grade level, or that black graduates read at the eighth grade level, all because of the Democratic, if you're happy with that, stick with it. If you're happy with a supposedly a racist criminal justice system created by the Democrat Party, stick with it. If you're happy with the achievements of Barack Hussein Obama working with Oprah and Rahm Emanuel and Arne Duncan, if all, all of Chicago, south side of Chicago is plentiful and happy and healthy and job created and educational achievement, no crime, what well, then their policies work. But what if all those things don't work and they blame someone else for their failures? That, that's the game played by Democrats. I say, why, why don't blacks give the Republican Party a shot? What do you have to lose? And most famous thing Trump said throughout the election, he says, what do you have to lose to the black community? What do you have? And, I, and, that, and that just stuck in my mind like a stake when he says, what do you have? I mean, that should have been more than enough for the black community to reflect back. Answer on the question, Tony. I, I mean, I, he was viciously attacked by the yeah. Al Sharpton crowd for not oh, knowing yeah. about the black community because what does a white guy, 70-year-old white guy with bad hair know about the black community? But I've been with Trump walking around Manhattan, uh-huh. and I guarantee you, every black folk that walks up to Trump has a big smile on their face. They shake his hand. Every cop, every meter maid, every firefighter, every union guy, they love that guy. They love what he's doing with NAFTA and TPP, and they love the idea that Kanye West and other African Americans... How about what he did with Jack Johnson? Well, why didn't Obama... Pardon that Johnson woman who ran across the street 22 years in federal prison for a nonviolent drug offense. Why didn't uh, Barack Hussein Obama pardon her? If I'm not mistaken, that, 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 that what she was charged with, that was, I think that was under the three strike, if I'm not mistaken, and that was created by the Democrats. What Democrats. I, I think that. Well, the Democrats, the Democrats wanted to have these long sentences for crack cocaine in the 80s and 90s. The Democrats right. wanted that. And blacks are the ones being punished for it. Everywhere I look, I see the failure of the Democrat Party. And everywhere I look, I see Democrats blaming everyone but themselves for their own problems. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Well, I appreciate uh, Tony, I'm glad you're there. And once again, I thank you very much for your service. Thank you for calling. we got to run. That guy made a lot of sense. Can't get me to Augusta National, but that guy made a lot of sense. I wonder if, I wonder if Mark Levin plays golf. I like to have a foursome. This is my dream foursome. Sean Hannity, Mark Levin, and Rush Limbaugh. I played golf with Sean, but Mark Levin doesn't play golf. Well, why can't he rent some clubs? I'd rent him some clubs. I like to still rent clubs. I'll play him a $5 Nassau. I'll play Hannity, Limbaugh, and Levin, those three against me, I'll take them on. Let's continue. The line becomes available, 877-381-3811. That guy made a lot of sense. Bill Cunningham, the great American, speaking truth to power. In for Mark Levin. Mark Levin. And let's also say this, since I'm off on this tangent, the great majority of people poor in America are white, not black or Hispanic or, or Asian. They're white, great majority, numerically, are white because 
There's assuming one does not possess a disability of one type or another, which each of us could have on a quick on a quick basis at any point. All of us have difficulties. It's how you deal with them. The great majority of people in America that are poor are white because they have not taken advantage of the opportunities present. And the same lack of maybe social skills, behavioral traits that make someone poor who's white is the same thing that makes somebody poor who's black, as you've heard me say before. The great majority of African-Americans I know are judges and lawyers. They're rich and they have a great life because they follow certain certain cultural cues and they follow certain norms of behavior that causes them to be successful. They delay they delay uh, satisfaction quite often. In fact, it's pointed out by many that if you do three simple things, Rich Cementa, the executive producer of the Mark Levin Show, knows these three simple rules. Number one, graduate from high school. Number two, don't have kids till you're married. Number three, work and don't quit your job. If you do those three things, no matter what color you happen to be, no matter what the pigmentation of your skin is, you're very, very likely to make it in America. More than 95% of Americans who work have a high school diploma or degree on high school and don't have kids out of wedlock. Just do those three things. Got nothing to do with color. Everything to do with behavior, conduct. You're going to make it. Great majority. But on the other hand, if you're white as chalk or black as licorice and you don't graduate from high school, and you don't work, and you have kids out of wedlock, the odds you're not making it are pretty damn good. Doesn't make any difference. On the other hand, if you're African-American, and you have a Juris Doctorate degree, and you work in a law firm, and you're married, and you wait to have kids till you're married, the odds you're making it are about 99.99%. It's got nothing to do with color. and everything to do with behavior, and I mean good behavior. Let's continue. Let's take one other quick call. Alan in Chicago. Go ahead, Alan. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Welcome. Please go ahead. Hey, Bill. Great to talk to you. Thank you. You know, I I think that Donald Trump is stealing from uh, from Ronald Reagan's defense policy. Good. You know, Ronald Reagan said you've got to be strong, and Trump is saying we've got to be strong. But Trump's doing something else. He's telling our allies, and I kind of bite my tongue when I say that, you got to ante up. Do you know that Korea has uh, twice the uh, population of South Korea, twice the population of North. They have a, an economy 50 times greater, but an army half as large. Sure. Japan, Canada spend less than 1% of GDP, I believe, as well, Germany. You know, it's time that others ante up. Uh, NATO does not mean North America takes over, but it's become that. We have become, you know, our forefathers wanted naval power to see the keep the sea lanes open but land wars are a trap that we've fallen into too many times shouldn't do it uh, you know i'm and with I, you I, a thousand well what's wrong with telling the canadians and the germans and the italians and the french and the brits and the spanish guess what guys our economy is greater than you six put together However, we're paying three times what you're paying for NATO. you got to pay your fair share. you got to tell the Japanese. You're a rich country. You pay for American soldiers to be in uh, Okinawa. you got to tell the South Koreans. South Koreans, defend yourself. you got to tell the Germans. Start spending 4% of your GDP on defending yourself. Now, the Germans are pacifists and socialists right now because of what happened to Adolf Hitler, which I understand the response, but it's been 70 years. It's got to stop. Alan, we got to go. Thanks for your call. Great calls tonight. I've said many times, many places, the most literate, the best audience, and all the talk radio is that held by Mark Levin. He'll be back with you tomorrow night, and you can watch MarkLevinTV.com starting in a few minutes. 
Also, text 500 to 96,000 to get Mark Levin in the Radio Hall of Fame. There can't be one without the great one, Mark Levin. Bill Cunningham in for the great one, Mark Levin. <laughs>